I may restart this. Give me two seconds. I'll just Brand. reboot this and see if it picks up. <laughs> just leave yeah. him in the waiting room for a while. Let him sweat. Be grand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can bitch about him. Be great. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that fucker. Wait till I tell you. <laughs> Mental This is Straight Talking Mental Health. It's all about tackling everyday mental health issues, but anything goes, and that's why we're all about straight talking. And it's all about educating, helping as many people as we can. My name is Peter Don, and his name is... Alan Clark. Yeah, I'll give you a chance to say your own name this week. Yeah, yeah, not, not psychotherapist Alan Clark. Just no. Alan Clark. <laughs> I'm more than just my job, Peter. I'm more than just my job. <laughs> not no. much more, but, you know. Oh, there you go. Uh, has to be said if you haven't already you can check us out on social media we're on Twitter at SCRA Talking Pod find us on Facebook Instagram or you can click stmhpodcast.com and as we've seen in the past by sharing the pages and the podcast you're uh, by telling your story as well you're helping us reach more people more we reach the more we can help so as we heard from uh, having Andy Furlong on last week telling us his story about his abusive relationship you know isn't it great to have someone who's so open and honest, Alan, yeah. you know, and I've yeah, said it to yeah. Andy, his story, it's not told often enough. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of men out there suffering in silence, you know, be it uh, physical or psychological abuse mm-hmm. or both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tend not to be exclusive. If there's physical, there's probably going to be verbal and emotional, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just going to end at throwing a slap now and again, you know. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cycle of abuse was uh, a very interesting one you were talking about. Mm. The cycle that goes on. I think Andy was a little bit kind of shocked, but not shocked by yeah, it. But, kind you of know, like, oh, shit. Moment. Yeah, and we've yeah. had a few of them on yeah, a podcast yeah. with guests where they go, oh, now that you say that, we're going to have to call it that, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a common thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that the interesting thing uh, that I took away, and obviously, Andy's story is incredible but the interesting mm. thing for me was um, that his, his ex came back to him when fucking shit was going wrong with, <laughs> with the new fella yeah you know and what, yeah. what that was kind of indicative of was that, that was her attachment system being activated so now she goes back to someone that was once a source of comfort mm-hmm. um, that being that being Andy yeah you know, and everyone's like, what the fuck? But that's that's what that is. That's the attachment system being mm. activated. So Andy, for her at some point, was obviously a source of comfort. And then when she faces discomfort, oh, well, I need to. <laughs> and then we go through a hierarchy of who, of, you know, there's a hierarchy of kind of attachment figures. So depending on who is and isn't available, we, we kind of, okay, next one. You know, the primary caregiver or the primary attachment figure isn't available, whether that's the mother or father or whoever it may be. So I dropped to the next one and, you know, yeah, looking yeah, yeah. for that source of comfort. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. For all animals, I'm fucking Andy nearly hit for the alimony on the cat's like And the cat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Alimony for cats, yeah. Mm. Oh my god! But uh, that was obviously an excuse to kind of get back in touch as well. Mm. So you mm. know, this is the you know. I presume she sat down at one stage and went, "What link do we have? Okay, we're not married. You know, the mm. flat is sorted. And everything. Oh, mm. the cats! Get on yeah. to them about them cats. You know, and it's an excuse <laughs> to kind of you know get back in touch and say, you know, you need to sort out yeah. these cats. <laughs> you know? We had a bit of correspondence around around Andy. That's right. Yeah. Do you want to get yeah. to that? 
Yeah, so... Um, Actually, guess. before we do that, can we tell everybody yeah. what we're talking about this week? <laughs> yes, yes. Just before we do that. So we yeah. are straight talking community this week. We're going to be joined by Sarah Shakespeare. She works in Chokdara in Kildare, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing her story. Uh, what would her role be, Alan, really quickly? Technically, for me, she's my landlord. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, but she would, she would manage she would manage the centre. Very active in the community and really on the front line of mm. uh, poverty and uh, counselling and, you know, for emergency crisis. Wow. Chuck Darrow will refer clients to me, etc. And that. Um, so, you know, she literally on the front line of getting those phone calls, arranging counsellors for people that are in crisis or are suicidal are on the edge um, so I think she'll have, a, she'll have a lot to inform people around of yeah. what goes on in the community that you don't even know about Absolutely looking forward to getting her perspective um, mm. on uh, uh, suicide prevention obviously as well because as you say she's the first port of call for people or loved ones who are, mm. are suicidal, you know. Um, anyway, sorry to cut across you there. Correspondence yeah. on... So we got Andy's we got episode. some correspondence on Andy's episode. Great episode on abusive relationships. Only stumbled across you guys over the last couple of days on Spotify. Welcome. There's plenty mm-hmm. to catch up on. Always welcome. Really informative and interesting. Keep up the good work. Me and my family are all aware that my brother is currently in an abusive relationship. Maybe less extreme as Andy on the show, but it's similar and definitely unhealthy. He doesn't know it and as Andy says he is dealing with it unaware of his unhappiness and so on and refuses to believe he is unhappy and it's causing problems and tears in our family. Obviously we love him and we have eased off but still worried about him. It would be good to continue with discussions on how the mentally healthy can help people we know with mental health and their issues which you take on so well. Keep up the awesome content. Thanks for that. very much. Yeah, yeah, thanks very much. What do you think, Alan? Yeah, I think, I mean, the very frustrating part for, for people, family members and stuff like that, and loved ones and that is, there's really nothing you can say. It's like addictions, you know, you can't make them stop. They have to want to stop. Um, and, you know, it's very frustrating because you see the person is suffering, you see the person is, you know, struggling. Um, and all you can do is really relay your own fears and relay your own concerns around how they're doing and, you know that's about it because yeah. they can't same as as I said the same as the addict they have to want to change they have to want to leave and it will be downplayed you know ah oh, no she's not that bad she were grand there last week you know she were, you know stuff like this gets justified and because like it's depending on, on how long his brother's in that situation like it's mm-hmm. upheaval it's a total life and, you know, a common thing I mentioned on, on previous ones, you know, you get comfortable in your discomfort yeah, because it's familiar. The unknown is more so uncomfortable mm. and more so unfamiliar. So, you know, similar to um, addiction, do you think that people who are addicted don't realize that they've gone down the slippery slope as in, you know, they might come in from work and, you know, mm. um, do a few lines or, you know, mm. a few mm. joints or a few drinks and takeaways and arguments and this becomes a cycle and it becomes the normal cycle yeah yeah like you said exactly like that you know sometimes they're not even aware of it mm. i remember a situation before where i had to bring someone's awareness so well actually you've been drinking every day this week no i haven't actually yeah you know from what you've described actually you have didn't change a whole lot but there was the unknowing like mm. oh for sure it's you know only this or it's only that yeah yeah. 
you know, for any, you know, and around any addiction, you know, you'll always justify it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know we had Connor on, and Connor talked about you know you have to do it for yourself. And yeah, yeah. The same in that abusive relationship because it just becomes so normal mm-hmm. as it did, as it did, as it was for Andy. You know that, and it's not really until you step out of it that you go, "Fuck!" Right? Yeah, I yeah. can fucking, I can breathe. You know that Jesus didn't realize how unhappy I was, or you know how bad the situation was. Um. So, what do you do, or as a loved one of somebody who's going through that, what do you do? You just say to them, "Look, I'm worried for your health. I'm worried mm. for you know your sanity, and mm. you know I see you're you're doing this and this and this, and it's just it's not good for you. And here's the, um, I suppose the destruction it's causing around you, and mm. you know, and it's very hard though to kind of broach that subject with somebody because. You know yourself, if you, if you go tell somebody something, they're going to automatically think the opposite and go, no, 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 you're completely wrong. Yeah, How would you know? Yeah, yeah you well, know. I mean, that's that's where you, you know, you'll come at it from your own perspective and your own feelings around it. And, you know, those, what we mentioned before, the I feel statements of, look, mm-hmm. I feel you're being disrespected. I feel, you know, you're very unhappy. You're not blaming them, you know, pointing the finger at them, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel fucking devastated watching you go through this. I feel... Um, so hurt you know I feel helpless you know when this happens and you know so you're not going in charge and pointing the finger of blame um, mm-hmm. you're kind of because all you can do is give them the information but once you once you go in on the attack then they're just going to go into defensive and they're yeah. going to shut down and not accept anything that you have to say to them so mm-hmm. it's important you know that they give them the information and sometimes it can be it's very difficult to say I'm as with an addict that you have to you have to step away go look this is I can't I can't witness you in this situation I'm absolutely here to help yeah whenever whenever you need it whenever you want to reach out 100% I'll be there for you but I need to for myself I need Mm -hmm. to I need to step out of this because it's 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 really damaging me to 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 witness this um and that's hard obviously that's very hard yeah to of course say. It is. it's hard to step away because and obviously it's coming from a place of care yeah but yeah. I mean how many times do you need to tell them and you say oh maybe the 743rd time that'll, mm. that'll get through and that's it I mean probably, uh, there won't be not. a eureka moment with people mm. it may be just a matter of sowing the seed and let them kind of think about it they won't go oh yeah you're right come on let's pack a bag and get them well actually do you, know, do you know what I would do actually in that situation how do I think of it I would send a link to Andy's episode. Good point. That's that's what I would do. Oh, look, yeah, I heard yeah. this. You know, you know. Look, take with it what what you want, but just mm. see if any of that resonates. If any yeah. of that's relatable for you. That's for Andy who got in touch, not Andy from last week. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the Andy's <laughs> just to avoid any confusion. But is the there Andes. is there a test anybody can do? I'm just speaking out loud, just straight talking mm, mental mm, health. So tell mm. me if I'm full of shit or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a test you can do with your own relationship? As in, could you say to somebody, right? Imagine yourself out of that relationship. Imagine yourself living somewhere else. Imagine yourself not having to go through this, this, this. Can you feel weight off your shoulders? And the only reason I'm asking is because you know Andy said it last week. He said you know when eventually when he found out that his wife was cheating on him. Mm. and uh, they broke up he felt a weight off his shoulder that he didn't know was there you know mm. is there a way of kind of doing a, a stress test almost you know yeah there was a guy um, I'm trying to find his name 
Um, and he had, uh, there's what's called um, Gottman, I think is his name. Um, and this guy has been a relationship expert and he could, kind of, he could kind of tell within, literally within minutes of observing um, uh, couples if the relationship will last or not. And I think they're called like the, the, the four horsemen um, and it's criticism, contempt, defensiveness and stonewalling. And okay. he said, watching, watching people in that, so criticism's complained, um, criticized and obviously uh, contempt, um, obviously how you relate to, to what the person is saying, um, defensiveness, um, questioning people, um, you know, look, all of this is self-explanatory. I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. off the top of my head. I haven't got all of the details. And then the stonewalling. But he said when, you know, witnessing them, he can predict and like the, the, the percentage was ridiculously high. Wow. Yeah, which, because obviously that's that's your that's your behavior and that's mm. your form, that's your communication yeah um style with with those um so that people people could check could check that out uh, we don't have enough time to get into it obviously mm-hmm. um but um where can you check it out i think you just 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 Gottman. yeah yeah just okay g-o-t-t-m-a-n um i think it is um and the four horsemen criticism contempt defensiveness and stonewalling um it's very it's interesting deadly interesting stuff yeah so thanks for getting in touch Andy and yeah. um, uh, if anybody else wants to get in touch we'll always love to hear from you hello yeah. at stmhpodcast.com or get us on all the social media channels on Twitter Facebook and Instagram and all that we would love to hear from you um, any old crack with yourself dude big crack man big crack big crack go for big it big crack this week Good have crack. we finished with the assessment on the autism oh yes I'm supposed to ask you about that yeah well, officially certified autistic yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You look happy about that. I fucking burst out crying when you told me, man. With happiness or? Ah, just with emotion. Just with the validation. Um, you know, for me, throughout my life, why is life so hard for me? I always felt harder. Other people seem to manage it better. And um, so within that experience, it was um, very validating, like, you know, mm. um, and, and to hear it and and I kind of asked him he goes oh yeah look you're, you absolutely are like and even you know your average scores are above the average of of autistic males and wow. stuff like that um, and so you know that because I was it was actually I was worried about it coming up to it before the weekend and Ashley says yeah I can see you're kind of you know I said well, what is it that you're worried about he said I'm worried that I'm not okay. or I'll be like fucking two points off of what's required yeah. to be and it's like for fuck's sake I can't even be fucking autistic properly yeah, I know you know? I, I was thinking of that all. yeah 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 but yeah, no but I'm, not, I'm above average <laughs> so woohoo <laughs> ace the exam yes <laughs> um, so yeah very very validating and mm. um, so I, I'd asked him then I was like well what, what would it be is like is it the test I'd done before is high function uh, Asperger's and he said that would be the old term. Well, here's actually something interesting mm. that they're not using that term anymore because Asperger's was a bit of a, a booty to the Nazis and would knowingly send oh, children it's off after to, a person. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, okay. yeah. I think right. it's Hans Asperger or something like that. I can't remember his, mm. his name. So it's named after this guy um, who I'm just sure that named it, but apparently now was a, a bit of a Nazi. 
um, sympathise around would send children to hospitals knowing full well what was going to happen and stuff like that um, so um, they're, tra- they're moving away from that but that's also very difficult because as little as people know about autism they're, they're kind of familiar with the term Asperger's you know because when, when you mention autistic to people usually they tend to think kind of low functioning um, perhaps non-verbal or mm-hmm. you yeah, know, yeah. stuff like that um, and when you mention Asperger's or you know as I would be of high, high functioning Asperger's um, people don't tend to get it um, and I even had to I even had the conversation with James's mother at the week uh, during the week there I said I may, I may tell her just in case you know James has ever asked any medical questions or family history or anything like that mm-hmm. And when I said it to her at the start on the phone was, uh, you know, about the autism and, you know, I could hear that there was a silence. And then she was like, I don't fucking believe in all them labels and all that fucking, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, all right. That's going to be probably a predictable outcome of what people are going to say. Um, and then at the end, and I said, look, just if they ask, it's, you know, it's, it's high function Asperger's. I said, it probably comes as no surprise. And she goes, Oh yeah, oh fucking totally. Like, oh yeah, it's socially awkward. Da, da, da. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I can believe that. I said, yeah, I said, like I said, are you socially yeah. awkward? I can be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, what what autistic people are fantastic at doing is masking. Okay. And even stuff I've had to look back on now. So, you know, it, it's 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 difficult to say because people will watch out for it, but. Uh, you know, I always would have said, you know, I'm very good at my job, and this is, you know, I want, I want to do an episode on it to clear up some of the misconceptions because, yeah, you know, yeah, people people think, that. oh, well, you've no empathy, you know, if you have autism, you've no empathy, you know, you've no sense of humor, you don't get mm. sarcasm and stuff like that, and well, that's just not true. Yes, yeah, some some are like that, mm. but the key thing around, you know, it being a spectrum, and one of the helpful things I read was that, you know, the spectrum is even a spectrum on each color. So there's there are various shades of red. There's okay. various shades of green. It's not just red, green, blue, yellow. Yeah, yeah. You know, within a spectrum, there's there's degrees within each color. Um, so yes, you can have this and you can have that, but you can also only have a little bit of that, and that that doesn't that doesn't mean you're not okay. So one of the things I would have is like, well, if, you know, I'm great at eye contact, um, and I am when I'm listening. <laughs> What I'm very good at is not making eye contact when I'm talking. Um, and that's something I know, even when I'm talking to clients and stuff, if I'm, if I'm making comments, I'm, I'm kind of looking around um, in my own therapy. I'm kind of staring at a point on the floor. Um, but this is just evidence of how well I masked it. Like, you know, no one would know. Um, and they're mm. the kind of things you're like, oh, fucking shit. Like, they're the, they're the epiphany moments. Um and other stuff as well that that were brought up so it's all very new to me um and obviously it's it's hard to know well, where do i begin where does autism begin where do i end where does you know that, yeah, that's yeah difficult yeah. around identity and stuff like that and that's that's very common for people that are that are newly diagnosed but like look i'm you know this this podcast won't choose that i'm 44 on sunday you know and, and i've made it this far mm-hmm. um, one of, the, one of the other interesting things I read was, um, you know, low-functioning autism is stressful for other people. High-functioning autism is stressful for the person themselves. So it's all, mm-hmm. it's all inside, you know, it's all, all the discomfort is inside. Whereas, yeah, yeah. You know, like that non-verbal or, you know, severely autistic, that's very stressful, obviously, for other people mm-hmm. trying to deal with that. But high-functioning is stressful for the person that has it. So what do you do different? 
now or what can you do different or is there anything you can do I different don't know what I have. Or just... do you know what I, do you know what I got <laughs> don't say <laughs> a certificate or something well no I have, a, I have a letter you need a letter like you, you need to you need official uh, official but I have a healthcare passport so if I were to go to hospital and stuff like that they can you know they can make allowances for the sensory stuff and things like oh, that oh very good yeah. if they go to college you know they, they have a letter and the, you know they can make allowances for that um, mm. so like I said I'm high functioning and, and that in itself is a difficulty because you know it's oh here's our resources check out the videos and I'm watching videos of people it's like I don't relate to those people mm-hmm. you know that's I'm, I'm not like that. that like that person is clearly clearly autistic you know Yes, they're high function, but you know, by looking at them, you know, by talking to them, you know, by your mannerisms, anyone would go, yeah, that that's a bit odd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's autistic. Oh, that's what. Oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I found I found one girl, and she um, she's actually a psychologist as well. I was like, that I relate to, you know, because you watch you watch the videos, and you're like, yep, you, you know, you wouldn't know. There's nothing that would give away until she describes what what her internal experience is like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that that I relate to. Wow. Um, so like I said it's all new I need to do a bit of reading myself uh, and just kind of processing it I'm just going to say you have to process it and yeah, yeah. get used to it let it digest first yeah and I look and, and you know kind of one of my smiles as well has been ashing around it like she's just like I couldn't have asked for anything more like you know she was brilliant just amazing and has been throughout all of this she's like look it's not going to change who you are you're perfect you know I still you know you're wonderful you're this you're that Mm -hmm. it's not going to change my opinion of you in any sort of way I'm not going to love you any less you know Mm -hmm. and to be reassured like that was was very good and even on the I was supposed to have it on the Sunday and then I was up there and it's like oh if I switch it to the Saturday and she goes oh yeah sure I'll be there and I can help you like if you need any emotional support around it and I was like fuck I never even thought of that like Mm mm-hmm um, and so in the, in the middle of the, uh, the assessment when I was getting the results like I burst out crying and came downstairs to her and I burst out crying and she just hugged me and she held me and fucking I was emotional all that evening and I was like lying on the couch I was like look fucking tears are just they're just streaming yeah. they're, just, they're just coming out like I'm not even crying but they're just they're just pouring out happy tears um, ha- yeah I think happy tears yeah mm. happy tears and also sadness uh, around yeah the not knowing and how difficult it has been for me and stuff that I've had to adapt to. Um, and actually one of the things that, um, one of the things the doctor said, he goes, and I said, look, and look, obviously kind of relates more on the peer level. He's like, like I, I know you know this sort of stuff. He's like, I'm not going to lie to you. He says, you're the most challenging case I've ever had. Um, what do you mean challenging? Because I mask it so well. Oh, because, okay. Yeah. Um, because you wouldn't know. Presume it's difficult or more difficult with adults because they've they've learned to adapt without learning to adapt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they don't, yeah. They don't you don't know you've adapted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just, yeah, you just you just do it. But the other side of that as well, people when they get a bit of awareness around it, I suppose, like oh, as I had when you start to hear things or you start to relate to things. Oh shit! Right, maybe. Um, and one, one actually the other interesting thing was you know my love for Gatsby and my obsession for Gatsby and stuff mm-hmm. like that and um, he says it's only since I've spoken to you that you brought my awareness to it but other autistic males relate to Gatsby oh I was like oh what's that he's like well he's the fake socialite <laughs> you know he's not putting on the parties because he wants to because it's for him he's putting them on to for in the hope that Daisy comes and then once he finds Daisy he stops all the parties okay yeah, so I was like, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They so said, but it's only after I spoke to you, and then I've had one or two since. Um, I was like, Jesus. So, 
Wow. So, it's interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we, we may cover it in, a, in an episode and go into it in yeah. a bit more detail. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's definitely something we have to dig into a bit more. So that's, that was me. That was me big crack. And like I said, Ashling then was smiling around all of that of just... Oh, brilliant. So reassuring and so brilliant and, you know, just... And I'm not just fucking saying that I could just cut the vast for more, like... Mm. You know, and constantly reassuring and constantly affirming my experience. And, you know, she's even, even before all this, she's made allowances. Like, if I come into the room, she'll turn her music down. She'll, you know, if she's talking to me, she'll be concise with it, you know, direct. There's no oh, wow. ambiguity yeah. and stuff like that. So she, she'd already adapted even before all of this because she goes, no, well, I can see when you come in and there's the music loud, I can see you're, you're uncomfortable. Um, mm. So even at that, she goes, oh, let me turn that down. Yeah. Because yeah, it's quite jarring for me. So yeah, she's been she's been great. She really yeah. has like brilliant, brilliant. Um, that's a smile. Any more smiles? That's me smile, and I think I think that's me. Smile. Oh, I, oh, I did. I fucking I had. Uh, I have to. You know me. I love I love the arts, <laughs> and you know as well. I, I love a building. If, if I haven't mentioned that, before. <laughs> a funny shaped building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the Chrysler Building. I love the Shard in London. I love the Burj Khalifa. Um, so I'm redecorating the office. I've I've been saying. And I was like, fucking, last two weeks looking for wall art, couldn't find anything suitable. I'll jump on Etsy, see if there's anything there. Etsy mm-hmm. is artists, you know, kind of display their wares and stuff like that to sell, to sell through the website. And I found this cool fucking, this cool uh, painting style of uh, the Shard in London. I was mm. like, oh, and that's the fucking colour scheme. That'd look brilliant. And I just, I was looking through the artist's work and I was like, oh, and they've got Dublin and they've got all the city. And I was like, ah, oh, they don't have, oh, the statue, the, 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 the Empire State Building I mean, yeah, yeah not, not you know Art, Art Deco side of the Chrysler Building appeals to me and and I just sent her a message and I just said look I love this style you know I'd be really interested in buying a set if you had the Chrysler Building or the Burj Khalifa Burj Khalifa being the highest building in the world in Dubai and she's like oh give me a few hours and I'll have it for you actually created it in a few she hours. went off did wow. them came back showed them to me I'm like fucking wow like Amazing. that's just amazing like and they look incredible so bought them frames ordered frames are due to be coming today from Ikea I'm back in love with them oh yeah I'm still waiting on my big delivery which is holding up the whole fucking office um, <laughs> so yeah so just just that that artist uh, on Etsy and just going to that go give me a couple of hours and within yeah. a couple of hours oh she says I'll send you the proof send me the proof what I'd do you think of that I'd love to be able to have a talent like that Jeez. I sent I sent the yeah. picture to Adina I was like some people are so fucking talented yeah exactly can't do anything like that yeah yeah, what happened yeah, to me? It's like, just like, sick. You know? Yeah. <laughs> God yeah. was handing out talents. I was out taking a slash, clearly. How are we doing? Shy talking. There's yeah, your talent. Shy. That's my talent, like, ah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, could you do us 45 minutes of shy talk? I tell you I what, give me five can. minutes, I'll be 40 back. 40 minutes, you know? is that all you need? <laughs> <laughs> so I have, have to give a huge shout out to Art Prince Vicky on Etsy. Um, she's in Greece. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, but uh, I might. I'm actually I might when I get them sorted. I'll put up pictures of mm. of what's been done. So that's me smiles. Ashley's yeah, me smile. Me Ryle is somewhat related to the Asperger's. Well, it's not somewhat related. It's absolutely related to uh, the autism. So I went on, obviously, kind of newly diagnosed and looking for information and looking for people's experiences to relate. To. I go, oh, oh, Jesus, I'm like that. I'm like that. Joined a couple of Facebook groups and I was like, oh, fuck this shit. Like, so then even within that, like, it's like, oh, why do you have to, why do we have to say we're high functioning? 
was like, it just it just fucking helps people understand it a bit more. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I will, well, we're, you know, don't use that. Don't use the term Asperger's. Like, fucking people don't know the term. You don't know anything else. Like, why are you supposed to say, well, actually, according to the DSM, I'm level one autistic. Like, um, you know, and it's like, and like, Jesus Christ, like, this is just fucking, I bought a book on Amazon and one of the top comments was, and obviously it's changed, like, oh, this this book mentions Asperger's and it's rated one star, you know, this, this you know, we, we don't use that term anymore and, and fucking actually put up a picture drawing inside the book of, oh, this is what it should be looking like and I'm like, yeah, and that's fucking, that's about as autistic as you can fucking get doing something like that, like, <laughs> and I'm like, for fuck's sake. But because, but in that, like I said, there's there's still not anyone that I kind of relate to in it, mm-hmm. um, because like I said, there's people that are oh yeah absolutely and that that behaviour you know clearly autistic and anyone that would witness that, so I was just like oh Jesus Christ like even in this like there's just fucking bitching and moaning and mm-hmm. you know oh you shouldn't be saying that and you should be like. Oh, that's God, the whole internet like, the whole internet I know. social media is we yeah. can't say this you have to say this yeah. you don't do that you'll offend this you're mm. uh, I want to apologise for this yeah oh, oh I don't like that term well don't yeah. fucking use it yeah exactly. I use it so fuck off mm. yeah yeah but like you know me I'll fucking knock right crack out of this like, well I'm, true I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. milk this like, even Ashley <laughs> even Ashley was saying she meant oh did I, I, text, I sent Nikki a text and I showed him the screen grab of the letter. He's like, oh, fuck. He's like, well, you know, just I won't love you any differently. And he goes, oh, does this nice. make me Tom Cruise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got it fucking quicker than I did. <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't even seen that film. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know, Rain Man, <laughs> Tom Cruise is the... The normal brother and, his old, and he goes And he was uh, Fucking Rain Man Was the older brother as well Dustin Hoffman Was autistic I said well I'm the fucking Reverse Rain Man Because I'm shit at maths And then he sent me a fucking Then he sent me a picture Of the two of us My mother put up a picture Of us as kids And he sent me a picture Of fucking From Rain Man With our heads Superimposed on Tom Cruise And Dustin Hoffman <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's brilliant that's yeah. brilliant <laughs> so I, I was saying it to Ashley like, and she, uh, she made some joke I was like whoa whoa I said hang on a fucking second like, I said this is like black people with the n-word like, yeah can you it. can't we say can't. that yeah. I said I can say it you fucking can't she goes well you better get used to it I was like that's what I want knock the fucking panther over knock the crack over yeah yeah, yeah 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 brilliant yeah. Yeah. no well uh, I, said it, I said it to you before it's a good thing you get humour yeah exactly <laughs> and sarcasm yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and as Irish autism goes piss taken yeah know? exactly yeah yeah um, yeah, just that's, great. that's me. No, that's, that's what's been going on. What's been going on with you? Speaking of deficiencies, <laughs> this leads me. This leads me nicely. I'm neurodiverse, Peter. I'm not deficient. I'm neurodiverse, and you're just well, here. That's a term. All right. Yeah, exactly. All these fucking terms. Like, well, I am. Um, <laughs> let me see. Um, I don't know. Optical deficient or not optical deficient? <laughs> but, you get glasses. Uh, uh, yeah, kind of. Um, I'm, I'm color. I'm color blind. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Did you not know? Can you not tell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, colour blind. No, we, we don't like we don't like that term anymore. Colour deficient. You know. or <laughs> I don't know. Spectrum spectrum deficient. <laughs> Keep going. I'll tell you what offends me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find something. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I've got a I've got a red green deficiency. Uh, I've had it for 
Whatever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I was going to say, I've had it for years. <laughs> yeah, about 30, oh, 35 of them. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take 35. Um, uh, 36. But, uh, yeah, I, I never knew I was colorblind until um, I did. Uh, I went to join the army when I was 17. Yeah. And I uh, I was to do uh, a colour blindness test. Do you know little books the doctor mm. just kind of flicks yeah, in yeah. front? Well, you were doing a fitness test and a medical mm. in one. And uh, the uh, <laughs> the book was the, you know, the, the dots, the loads of dots with all the, the colours in it. Yeah, and you have yeah, to call yeah, out yeah, the yeah. numbers that yeah. are in, you know. Yeah. But it starts off really obvious, like one, yeah. Mm. You know, seven, brilliant, yeah. Mm. And then got to the next page, it was like... Ooh, oh, I don't know that one. And the doctor's kind of looking at me, doing the medical, going, yeah, 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 come, mm. on, come on, it's there. And I was like, oh, shit. But army being the army, somebody had written it in biro in the bottom corner of the little book. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, 17, yes, brilliant. Turn the page, 23, perfect, yeah. Fox. So that's how I got through that. So when you go to war, you can shoot your own lads because some fucking lad wrote in the corner of the colour fucking blindness. Look, I, yeah, I have no issue <laughs> as long as, you know, you weren't red and they weren't green or something, yeah, and, yeah. you know. But, um, but I remember before, uh, I remember after that, I went to do the hearing test. My hearing is shit. There's really mm. nothing good about me whatsoever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I got really Plenty bad hearing. Just not around your senses. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, everything from the neck up is just... <laughs> <laughs> neck down, I'm not bad, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I, went, I went for a hearing test and um, I, I failed it. H4. Anybody who's in the army knows what that means. Apparently it's really bad. Um, but... The doctor said to me, he was uh, uh, an Indian doctor, lovely guy, but uh, he said, um, oh, uh, last night you in discotheque? And I went, no. He said, no, 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 no. Last night you were in discotheque. And I went, oh, yes, yes, no, yes. The music Jesus was very loud. Christ. And just today he goes, yes, yes, yes. And signed it and went, there you go. <laughs> Fucking hell. So that's the Irish Jesus. Army for you. Um, <laughs> but no, I came across these things Good called... neutral. <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs> but uh, I know. We came, I came across this thing uh, called, I think it's Enchroma glasses. And it rectifies the colour blindness. Mm. And uh, you do a test to see uh, what kind of colour blindness deficiency you have because there's loads of them. Mine's a red-green. I did it a few mm. times and it always mm. came up as the same. So I said, feck it. I'm going to buy these in chroma sunglasses. Now they're like 230 quid. But I thought, mm. fuck it. The kids mm. are not touching them. They're not getting mm. near them. <laughs> Nobody's touching these, only me. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I'm going to give them a bash and see how it goes. And you know what's going to happen? On your fucking first holiday in Spain, you're going to leave them on a fucking bar somewhere. No, 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 no. I'm going to mind it. Yeah, you're probably right, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> a few fucking pints next day. Must be sunglasses. Yeah. Or covered in sand and yeah. sun cream. You know, and you're trying to dig the sand out of the corners and I'm going, oh, yeah. dude, you Colour blindness is difficult. I remember I had a client, I have a client and um, all he wanted growing up was to be an uh, Air Force pilot. Oh yeah, you can't went in colorblind. Yeah, or there was the glasses. Oh, it was just glasses, I think. Oh, okay. glasses. You have to have perfect, yeah. perfect vision. Nikki, yeah, that's Nikki's it. Yeah, colorblind as well. Yeah. well Nikki is right. Yeah, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's, it's genetic. Uh, mm. Matt was telling me that uh, one of my uh, uncles look at the fucking genes we got. 
He's yeah. fucking colour blind. I'm autistic. Jesus Christ. That's the fucking parents we had. <laughs> I tell you, between the two of us, we make one good human. Yeah, <laughs> half a human. <laughs> There's half a functional one between the pair of them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll give it a bash. But apparently with these... You know, it it is a case that you can't um, you can't become an electrician. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you can't become oh, an airline so. pilot. <laughs> yeah, you, there's all things like that. My, mine is only certain shades of green and red. Like I remember people saying oh, okay. to me, "But you know, do you know when to go at the stoplights? You know, the traffic mm. lights." Of course, I know. You know, like yeah, I can well, see you red know I because can see the green. green is the bottom light, or do you know because no, I, I can, can see, see no, no, I can see. Okay, you're no, right it's only them. certain yeah. shades subtle, of green besides certain shades of of red. But you just see more red than green. Mm. that's all mm. but uh, yeah I'll give it a bash and see how it goes but I was kind of thinking to myself you know it hasn't really bothered me up to now so mm. I'm, I'm kind of afraid when I when I get these and I wear them and I don't wear them it's going to bother me when I don't wear them now we're only sunglasses yeah, for outside yeah, yeah. you know what I mean mm. but then again I'm thinking I'd like to see what I'm missing out on well, but then again I'm saying, going oh my god there's fucking superhero DJ off Midlands FM etc Peter Dunn with his cool sunglasses on at night time <laughs> I'd and they're just like, like oh, just I'd a, be like just Bono. A It'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear, see, he's got like Coleman. That's why he wears them. So yeah. you can have you can have your one. Fuck it, if Bono can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Up yours. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's one of my smiles. I, I ordered them, so I'll mm. let you know how I get on with them next cool. week. Uh, mm. Expecting them soon. And uh, another smile. Oh, gardening. Dude, I'm just mad oh, for yeah. gardening lately. You know, yeah, the, the sun comes the, out, man. the sunshine. Yeah, yeah. The, the warm days, the was warm evenings. Was watering flowers this morning? <laughs> there you go. I uh, I was out painting fences till nine o'clock last night, till the sun went down. Um, but you know, sometimes you look out the window and you go, I'm not yeah, arse going yeah. out there. But in the spring, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. get out, get stuck in, you know, planting pot and cutting, spraying, yeah. whatever, you know, painting. sun on your bones. That's it. Uh, now I am suddenly same. where I sound like an old fella but I don't care you know just being outside fresh air bit of sun get the kids yeah. out as well you know yeah. work up a bit of a hunger work up a thirst have a big sleep at the end of the night mm. Uh, mm. me now not the kids you know <laughs> so uh, yeah just getting tired about it getting, getting stuck in you know getting soil under the fingernails you know mm. but uh, yeah that's it gardening and uh, let me give you a rile mm-hmm. uh, oh this morning it just goes to show you how how quick everything can flip. I uh, <laughs> I was getting the kids ready to go to preschool and crash, and uh, just about to leave. I wanted to leave early because little are doing a uh, a garden sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I said, right, I'll get them in early. You getting pots? So what are you getting? I'll get. Well, I was going to get a cover for the the oil burner because I want to kind of um, fence it off because it looks mm-hmm. normal. And uh, I was looking at one or two other bits and bobs, maybe a patio heater. Got a new patio, so mm. patio heater, so we can go out and enjoy that. And uh, uh, next of all, I got a call, Daddy. I can only find one shoe. Like, oh, God's sake. <laughs> looking around for this shoe, couldn't find it anywhere. She's walking around limping with one shoe. But oh, for Christ's sake, having a look at here, here, behind the drawers, trying to pull the drawers out, did it fall in behind here? Oh, jeez. The only other pair of shoes she has are filthy because we had her out gardening. So I'm thinking she can't wear them. Her mother will kill me. So searching, searching, searching. Then all of a sudden, ah! The young lad decided to pull a hat down over his head and walk around the kitchen and walked headfirst into a fucking countertop, sculled himself, left a mark on his forehead, and I got, oh, 
Come on. Yeah, one job. One job, Peter. Just get the kids to school. We were just on the way out the door. So I'm trying to explain to him that we don't walk around with hats over our face so we don't see anything. And uh, five minutes later, caught him doing it again, as you do. So and there I am trying to scrub muck off shoes or old runners so she can wear them to preschool. And I haven't to apologise to her teachers on the way and sorry, look, you know, she's wearing old runners. You know, we, we, we do treat her well. You know, I just want to let you know, don't call Tusla. Don't yeah, call yeah, Tusla. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um, yeah, so that was that was my morning. I was like, oh, Jesus. And didn't get to Lidl. Ah, for Missed out on that. Sake, man. Yeah. No. And uh, another Royal. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a few weeks ago I was telling you about me wonky horn? Yeah, and then you were telling me about your car. <laughs> yeah, it's not wonky anymore. <laughs> Did you get it fixed? No, it's completely gone now. <laughs> Fucking bastard. I was, I, was, I was coming up to a roundabout and I was stuck behind this car. And do you know when you know a car in front is going to do something stupid? Yeah, yeah. So the car went onto the roundabout, onto the thoroughfare and the roundabout, obviously, and, and stopped. And decided to look at their options once they got on the fucking roundabout, Brilliant. which left me stuck in the roundabout, which left cars kind of fucking spinning around, yeah. heading towards my driver's door. So um, I hit the horn. Nothing. I was like, ah, bollocks. And what <laughs> occurred to me was when I told you the last time you were going, no, no, I couldn't. I couldn't drive a car without a horn. Couldn't do yeah, that. Yeah. And there I am hitting the steering wheel. And then <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, fuck it, if I hit this any harder, the airbag is going to fly and scold me. So here I am trying to push to get any sort of noise out of it. So all I could do is just flash the lights and go, right, I'm going to fucking blink this guy. Blink, 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 blink. <laughs> flash, flash. Yeah. Flash, yeah. flash. No, it's not a bit. Flash. Just all this aggression built up going nowhere. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll make it. Th- but I, that's the third car I've had with a shit horn. Yeah. Like, what's going on? It's a, and it's not like I overuse the thing. That's so unsatisfactory. You know, maybe I underuse it. You gotta get it out. You yeah. gotta get it you out. You gotta get your horn out, folks. Yeah. Simple as. Yeah. Or it can be very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone involved. That guy looks pissed off. I guess he's not. He hasn't beeped his horn. <laughs> <laughs> he's happy to sit on the roundabout. Yeah. Look at that fucking Egypt. Oh, geez, I thought I was holding up the place here. I'm obviously all right because if he was unhappy, he would have beeped. But I, I was hoping that somebody behind me would beep on my behalf. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beep at me. Yeah. Hanging beep out the window. To Hanging out the window. Help! I've no horn. Help! Help. <laughs> Just as you're driving past, I'm very unhappy with your driving. <laughs> it's just not the same. Why don't, why don't you just beep your horn then, you fucking agent? Yeah. If you're not happy, you're obviously yeah. not that fucking unhappy. <laughs> so this week we are straight talking community and uh, working on the front line. Sarah Shakespeare from Chuck Dara. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thanks for having me, lads. Appreciate it. Sarah, what's your job title? My job title is. Well, Alan might say, yeah, Alan might say, I'm a jack of all trades and master of none. Um, I am manager in um, in Chakdara. We're a community and family resource centre. So um, I'm based here now. I was actually working out. It's coming up on eight years, which is a bit scary. Wow. Um, a bit scary. But I cover everything here from. Well, I suppose COVID times have made have tweaked what we do. Um, but I, we have everything here from. We do family support pieces. Um, we have our crisis counselling, which I suppose is what we're going to talk about today. Um, but we also have we have the likes of uh, food bank, and like that's that's escalated big time in the in the last year with the year that everybody's put in. Mm. Um, and we um, 
And I suppose as me, I'm, I'm manager, I have staff here. Uh, I would have had a number of people on schemes. They've all sort of gone by the way, the way things have gone as well. Um, but um, I have a new family sport worker who's on board, uh, who's good lads and going to get stuck in as well. Um, and then I have, uh, we have a number of anchor tenants, as of which Mr. Clark himself uh, is, <laughs> is one of them. He doesn't cause me trouble. There is the odd one that does though. Never <laughs> um, but we Had are, me rent the other um, day. <laughs> oh yeah, I vented. Oh, trust me, I vented. I suppose what we have found is that upstairs we have, I have, um, like the, I'm in the old, the old brother's house in Kildare Town on Academy Street, so right in between the schools, which is great when we when we give support to um to the kids in the schools, and we're in a good spot. And what we have upstairs is a number of privately rented offices. So uh, so Alan is based here in the centre, um, and we've a number of other councillors, um, councillors as well. So. So it, it can be a one-stop shop, which is great because the thing I love about here is you could be coming in to go to Grimes or you could be coming in to go to Parent and Toddler. Not in my office. Or, <laughs> that's not that's not that kind of Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here or for the Grimes with Alan. <laughs> He's up there <laughs> on the chair waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, you could be coming. But the thing is that to walk in the door, you could you could be coming in to go and talk to a two supervisor or something or to go to Uber about a CV or you could be coming in to go up to Alan to, to have a chat about whatever's going on. So it's kind of cool like that because it means that there's a nice mixed bag. So you're yeah. not necessarily, oh, they're going in for counselling and then you get the tilty head, you know, the tilty head, Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. You know, so it, now the other flip side of that is that then people just appear whenever. So it is a very, my job is a complete mixed bag. You yeah. know, I could be making up food by uh, food bags, half seven on a Friday morning to give them out, uh, to give them out to families. I could be here late, like we were based down in one of the estates. So I would be there late on, the, on that evening, getting the stuff out to families as well. So it, it tends to be a big mix. Then I go into the council and sort of knock their heads together when they need to get their shit together on mental health, to be honest. And that would have been, um, we would have, I would have gone in and, um, to the council before they let me in once and I've never managed <laughs> they can't get rid of me now so I managed and on Zoom they're screwed because I'm just going to make sure I'm at those meetings but the thing that was important would have been at the time would have been the um the Mojo program, which was the suicide prevention program, and Chuck Dara, we got that as the pilot for for Kildare. So that had been running in Tala and running successfully and saving a large number of lives there. If I'm honest, right. and um, I met Tell people with, what the Mojo program was. Uh, yeah, the Mojo the Mojo program is now currently the Heads Up program. It's been mm. rebranded, so you may have heard of Heads Up. But the uh, Mojo program was a specifically targeted uh, mental health program, and it was about engaging with those people who weren't going to engage. So the thing with Mojo mm. was there was sort of there was key aspects to it. There was the the mental health piece, which had to be addressed. That covered everything from sort of even diet food hygiene, everything there and mindfulness piece. And then there was the fitness piece, because I think that there's a huge link between mental health and uh, between mental health and fitness. So as part of that program, it was sort of two half days, but as part of that program, you would have, and that would be per week for a number of weeks, you would have um 
you would have speakers in uh, to facilitate the mindfulness, the mental health piece, and then the fitness piece. So you may get gym membership or whatever too, depending on what area it was or whether there was tutors brought in for it. Now, it worked very well. I know that Alan would have uh, worked with a number of those programs and would have been brought in to give his expertise um, on... Uh, what's your expertise on, Alan? Now? <laughs> I'm not even going to go talk about this earlier. Shy talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the one no, fucking God-given skill I have. I know. <laughs> but, well, and I suppose that's the reason... You don't get any God-given skills. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the reason, no, the reason I like you, lads, is, though, that you're honest in what you're talking about because there's an awful lot of people, and I mean, I deal, I deal with other counsellors, I deal with people that when I actually make contact with them to look for help for somebody, I get off the phone feeling shit, having even asked, you know, fuck that, <laughs> yeah. I won't bother again. Well, and, what you know, is that? And what is that like, Sarah? I mean, you know, I was asking Alan earlier, like, what's your... Um, uh, what's your job like? And he was saying, like, you're the first port call. So That's how it. do you deal with if somebody rings up saying, you know, I'm, I'm suicidal? That's scary. How do you deal with that? It is, it is a difficult one. And it's something that I had to sort of look for help with as well, because to what happens is for somebody to walk up the hill and in the door here, so it may not even be a phone call. What happens more worrying is somebody presents at the door and you go, okay. oh, holy shit. Right, okay. I have to do this now. And I mean, my first statement is always, look, I'm not a counsellor, but you still get, if that person's been brave enough to come in the front door, they're yeah. still giving you their freaking stuff. They're here and you're going to get it. And yeah. I've had a woman who let herself in the back door, came in, walked in my office door, sat in my office and went, blah, 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 blah. And an hour and a half later, I was still trying to go, okay, I'm going to get somebody to talk to you, you know? So mm -hmm. it is after the initial panic, I think, I've, I've sort of gathered the skills over the period of time now to sort of, I, I mean, I'm never going to be a counsellor. Alan knows why. I mean, I, I would say I was talking to somebody the other yeah, day. If I can I do said, it, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think probably because my piece would be, okay, like you see, what tends to happen when people do come in is you're getting this history this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Mm. And to me, I'm instantly going, okay, now I can't deal with any of that stuff. I haven't got the expertise to delve into that now. What I can do, and I tend to, my logic is, we're going to move forward. So what I'm going to do is, so I tend to do actions rather mm. than revisiting because I don't have the qualifications on this. So I never, and I never... I never sort of claim to. I'm not yeah. the patron saint of suicide prevention. What I do is I push buttons, I get things done, and I get them in to see people as quick. Like I could be on to Alan at 10 o'clock at night going, shit, Alan, I need to dig out. This guy needs to talk to somebody really quickly. And Alan, in fairness, will get people in for me. Same as I have a number of counsellors in the centre that I go, she'd work well with. And you get you get a kind of feel for somebody. And um, the other flip side of it, Peter, if I'm honest as well, is that you get people who present for counselling because they know they're up in court next week. It'll look better if, exactly. you know, and I've just been straight with you. It is. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very, it, it can be a challenge to actually go, hold on a fucking minute. You're <laughs> you know, piss, you know, you're it, trying to, to, yeah. to do it. Say it's it again, not Alan. good. Yeah. You don't want it. You just want to be yeah. seen to do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't want to counselling. Yeah. yeah. If there's a, if there's a oh, domestic okay. abuse situation, if there's a, if there's a marital split, if there's relationships, sort of, if the kids and access is coming up. Now that's not to mean there are people and it's got to that point that they've gone, I do need help. And mm. we, I, mm. I have got, I've got much, much better at 
the priorities and that, okay, you, you really are in a situation right now. But what I will say is that these are the name of our counsellors in the centre if you want to make contact with them mm-hmm. now. We also immediately, anybody from Dawn Walk, um, anybody that presents that's in a really bad way, like you said, they appear and they go, I'm suicidal. Then the fact that they've actually said that, the first part of court is that, well, you need to, uh, you need to go to A&E. You know, you need to present, okay. you need to contact your GP. We have to follow that, that duty of care. Yeah. I'm not a counsellor. Now, what tends to happen is I could still be dealing with that person for an hour at the, at the front door. You know, yeah. and that, that is the case. COVID, uh, COVID hasn't actually changed that. It just meant that I dealt with them at the window. <laughs> the and Alan would come oh, in to me and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm just talking to somebody out the window here. You know, and because to me, if somebody's been brave enough to come mm-hmm. and look for help, even if it isn't that they've got to that high risk point, but that they've got to, I'm in trouble, Sarah. You know, and to me, those I'm in trouble people are the people I go, right, okay, I'm going to get them into Alan. I'm going to get them into Anne-Marie. I'm going to get them into somebody for Mm -hmm. a short-term basis. And then I'll be able to maybe link them with other services. Now, the fact that we've got a family support worker here in the centre and the work that I do means that, okay, they can bounce back to me. So I have a number of people who've been in for counselling who have bounced back to me and go, really struggling at the minute. I've been on to, Alan would have, we have a couple of repeaters, I'd say, uh, (laughs) that Alan would know that we would have somebody that we would have allocated a block of six free sessions of counselling. They would have gone off. There would have been history of, um, of different scenarios and different bad situations in that family. And then Alan might give me a shout, listen, Paul's been on, Peter's been on, uh, he's really not good. And you go, okay, fine. Even to the point that there was somebody that like that Tusla referred for us to see. And Alan had said, actually, I can't see, I can't see them because I know the family. Okay. But what happened from that was that the knock-on was that the person within that family went into crisis and Alan came back and said, look, but that brother is why I can see that person. But what happened then was that with the situations that were happening at home, I was then able to say to Alan, get that fecker back in, you know, and be able to think. So it does give us, it gives us a bit of flexibility that we can prioritise. It is difficult though to prioritise when you're hit with some pretty horrific stories. Like yeah. there's no nice way. I mean, that's why counselling for me, I... I, I, I think fair fucking play, Alan, because I couldn't do the gig. I, I still worry. I was worrying at three o'clock in the morning for somebody who may have called in to me, you know. So it got to the point mm. now, in fairness, with my board, it got to the point that they actually, um, they, I went to them and I said, hold on, if you're a counsellor, you have to do supervision to sort of to offload what you've what what you're encountering and what you're getting from your uh, from your clients so i now attend supervision because because i am that port of call you take that worry you know what i mean yeah, I have a backpack yeah. on and i mean usually i go for a run if i'm stressed but there's some runs there I've, I've run a couple of marathons till i've lost some of the feckers that you think about literally i'm running away i i'm very alan knows me well enough i'm very good at running away from i just it's it's what i do for my own mental health yeah you know i've now got supervision and i also then choose an outlet to uh, to get me away from stuff. Now it can take it can take. You could be I could be five miles in before I go right. Okay, there's nothing else I can do. You know yeah. I have had to take that step back as well. I'm not Mary Poppins. I'm not going to. We can't fix a 
a lot mm-hmm. of these situations. What we can do is offer supports at a really, really critical time to get them over a certain situation. Yeah. But there is a lot that there's a lot that it's going to take a long, long time to address what's going on. And people, counselling is that that C word. It's that it's like change and, you know, that, that people don't want to start it or people could attend counselling for a year and then only maybe a flipping comment going out the door would be what the real reason that they're there for. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I, I mean, well, I'm only going why feedback from people that I know that are counsellors. And to me... Doorknob moment. Yeah, it's just heading and wait. Like, uh, yeah. Right, so I'll see you next week. And uh, I left the husband there yesterday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, that's, the, that's the unconscious resistance of, oh, I know I need to talk about it, but I can't talk about it. So I need to fuck off. I'm just going to throw that grenade in there. And yeah. then run, walk out. Yeah, you know, you you talk about kind of carrying that burden, sir. I I don't think I'd be able to leave it at the door, and it's it's something I spoke to Alan about, and he said, no, once he's done, he's done. Have you ever found yourself three o'clock in the morning not being able to sleep, thinking, geez, I hope they're okay, I hope somebody's looking after them or whatever? You know, how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, no, that isn't, and it isn't an easy fix. I I have got better, but it was more to the point that. If I'm burnt out worrying about all these people, I can't help anybody else. Now, it has taken me a long time to, to get better at that. And even in my in my previous roles as well, I would take out words uh, as a youth worker. I would worry about some of the kids that were living in families with addiction and stuff. And you were going, I wonder how that little fucker's getting on. God love him. And now it's still 10, 15 years later. And I'm going, oh God, I wonder how he is. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's... It, it isn't, it isn't easy, but to me, um, what I have found is that there's, there's kind of a bit of a reassurance in the work that we do that I have seen people who've been going into Allen for a long time and I see people and I go and there was somebody in only the other day and I went, how the fuck's he doing? I didn't think he was good. And you pick up on okay. a good week and a bad week. But when I see people that have gone through the process and I might meet them in Tesco's and go, oh, how are you, Sarah? And to me, them saying hello when they're coming in and out. A lot of people, because we'd have, let's say, the sign-in book, you'd have the head down. And yeah, and yeah. Down, the shame you know, nearly, yeah. I go to Tamari and they wouldn't look at you and they didn't want to talk to you. And mm. for me, even if it was a see you on the way out the door, to me is, well, they're the little wins that we can take. We can't oh, fix good. what's going on, you know, um, but um, I, I think I've got better at it over time. Well, I kind of, I think that to be honest with you, I had to, or it was going to kill me off because I was going to end yeah. up mentally, I was going to end up mentally in the toilet. I was going to, and if I was burnt out and the thing that I think that's really important and why I love what I do is that I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, oh, isn't she great? Isn't she brilliant? I'm good at what I do because I think the manner in which I do it, I'm straight. I'll be quick enough to go, lad, you haven't a fucking hope with us. You know, don't be realistic. That's not going to happen, yeah. you know? And, um, but it's trying to find the balance and that's where I'd go for a run or I'd go out for a walk or I'd try mm-hmm. to, to, and even if that does mean that for the first part of that time that you're doing something different, it's in your head. But definitely there was a period of time that those three and fours in the morning, fuck, what am I going to do about yeah, that? Yeah. I better check first thing with her. You know, also as well, I had a dual SIM phone and um, the Facebook page was linked to uh, was linked to Wi-Fi, so it was linked to me as well. So what I was finding was that 
I was leaving the Wi-Fi on because my older kids are up in Dublin or whatever. And I'm saying, right, well, if they need me, they, they maybe WhatsApp me before they, mm-hmm. but what I found was that people were going, Sarah will always answer me. And I was, I, I was to a certain extent. And there may be a four o'clock in the morning beep and you're going, oh, gee. and then I, I better check just in case. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. have, I have sort of for my own mental health gone, I'm turning the Wi-Fi off now. Mm. You know, I, I have to do that. Um, I have to do that because people do, you know, there's some of the messages I get and you're like, oh, you couldn't script it. Even Trish, uh, who's admin here, she said, there's actually, there's a comedy show in this place because there is, there's <laughs> some, like in fairness, there, Alan knows there's some, there's some epic dramas, you know, and, uh, and then there's the, the flip side of it is that there's somebody who's doing better. You know, and when yeah. you meet them, when you meet them or when they come in for something. And I had somebody who was in who I helped with, like we helped with food at Christmas, toys at Christmas, all that kind of thing. But and he, there was a guy who hadn't been working, but he appeared with a bunch of flowers and he got work and we got him over a really bad time. So and his mental health, if I'm honest, was in the toilet. He, mm. But then he also linked in and we got him in for the men's mental health program and Alan actually ran that in the center so we 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 did that on zoom but this guy this guy was struggling had an awful lot of stuff going on but is doing much better now and they're the wins that when I'm three o'clock in the morning and I turn over I go but they're doing all right now go back to yeah. Sarah <laughs> you have to take the good you know? with the bad I imagine your job Sarah to be like the do you remember the old phone operators you see in old video footage you know with the headphones on and they're taking cables out of here they're patching you two to other people you know, but, you know, you're obviously at the epicenter of the of the community. So you, you kind of know what's going on, the vibe of things, the problems people are having. What's the biggest issue in the community, do you find? I suppose there there's one thing that I find that is very strange, but it's more the concern about what the neighbours think. Okay. You know, that's a big thing. It's a big thing. Now, I mean, I drove around Kildare Town yesterday bringing the new worker around this estate, that estate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what he picked up on was the most negative areas were actually the private housing estates and it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily the council estates you know mm-hmm. that that yeah. sort of attitude um i think that um people are scared to look for help you know like last march there was there was a bit of novelty with lockdown and covid there was uh, there was oh, it's going to be grand the weather's great i'm going to do the garden's going to be brilliant i'm going to spend going to get a skip. all my time with my kids yeah. yeah i'm going to spend all my time with my kids cuz i'm always so busy and it's going to be fabulous they're the same people that are either onto me now um looking for food bank you know, and they would have initially been on going, it's going to be great and I'm going to help the community. And there was people who were on and they were going to volunteer and they wanted to donate to the food bank. And they did. Don't get me wrong. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. But what's happened now is March 2021 compared to March 2020 is I have a number of them who go, I'm screwed now, Sarah. Pup isn't covering the mortgage or isn't covering whatever yeah. else. Uh, am I OK to join food bank? The other thing as well is... Um, do you know what, Sarah? I have actually realised my kids are little bastards. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can edit that bit out if you need to. But they've realised before that it's not up to the teacher to fix and whatever else. There was a there's a number of there's a number of people that we deal with, um, that are great supporters of the centre and the work that we do. But they've they've only now realised that they did the cool stuff with the kids at the weekend they went to the ball pit place they went to this they went to the cinema they went to mcdonald's they did all the cool stuff and that now that spending time with their kids 
they've identified stuff that maybe a teacher might have said, look, a bit worried about Alan's attention yeah, span or whatever yeah. else. Ah, he's grand, he's grand. And the answer which to that would be, just doesn't like, my son doesn't like his teacher. You know, mm. whereas now he's saying, actually, he doesn't have any attention. So, sorry, Alan, <laughs> I don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm autistic, Sarah. Sorry, you picking you know? the poor fucking autistic man. That's all right. You're playing that card very quickly. Doors and I thought I'd told I'd milk this fucking thing. <laughs> he's got Everything, any kind of vindication. That's because I'm autistic. I'm going to pull the fucking card. <laughs> there it gets down. You get them people pulling the card. Not he's not going to set the alarm. <laughs> no, but if... If it is that, what we found is that people are now looking for those supports. Mm. Also as well, big escalation. On a weekly basis before, we probably would have had one person on for crisis counselling. I've got three already this week. So then we'll have people that may present a food bank and then they, you know what I mean? So you multiply that by how many sessions we can give, what can we do? You know, it isn't, it isn't an easy gig for that from that side of things, but people are coming forward and it's more like whatever about the supports that we can give the kids, we can give the kids one-on-one counseling. We can do maybe the worry program, which is a program we run in the center with them. We can do that, but you can't do something for an hour with a child and then expect the other 24 hours that they're with their parents, where their parents have heightened anxiety, Mm. stress, worry, you know, you put that all back that we can only take them away for that little snippet and maybe let them, but if we don't get the buy-in from the parents to actually hold their hands up now, I suppose the flip side is at the moment, the hands are being held up big style. You know, the hands are going up going, I need this. I actually can't deal with this. I'm really struggling. And they're the calls that we're getting now. And Trish, uh, who does the admin in the centre, who's fabulous, she would get a call and she go, like, that's not too bad, Sarah. I wouldn't be too worried about that one. But this lad was on and he's really in trouble. And particularly as well, if it is that um, we might get a late night call you know, and because the work phone was uh, diverted, the landline here was diverted to the mobile, you'd sort of go, well, if somebody's going to ring at 10 o'clock at night, they must ring for a good reason. Now, that's always my logic. Now, I suppose that's my work ethic as well, is that I'd always try to, I always try to help when I can, but I'd always so hold my hand up and go, this is too big. (laughs) This is, this is serious shit, you know, and that's why I would advise, even last week, there was a crisis call, a lady in full, in a full episode um, and, um, and sort of bombarding us with information. And well, my psychiatrist said, and my psychiatrist in Tuus Newest said I was to ring you and I'm instantly panicking going, hold on, they're the professionals that we send you to. And these professionals are now going, ring Sarah. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, you know? And now luckily if I, when she, gave her address or whatever I knew of somebody who lived in that estate and that's where you sort of (laughs) Trish calls me CSI I'll always suss out who's who and what's what you can always you can always sort of gather that bit of information but I was out to ring somebody and go neighbor of yours what's the story you know what do what can we do and then I had to I had to talk to her again and just say look um Tus Nua is a direction that we would direct you in after you having availed of counselling that it wouldn't work backwards because our level of skill base isn't in line 
with what you're already experiencing. She said, well, Sarah, do you think I should up my meds? And I'm instantly going, oh, shit, oh, God, you know? Yeah. And, but the thing... Make me up my fucking would, meds. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that I would do is I would deal with it calmly enough and then I'd get off the phone and go, oh, my God. And that's when one of my friends was saying, your PT is bad today. And I was going, I have a personal trainer. And she said, no, you're passion Tourette's. And, <laughs> and she said, I only know you with it. And she said that when you get passionate about something there's enough fucks out here to beat the band but it's because oh fucking hell what am I going to do what are we going to do about this and I mean Alan would know on a good day my filters don't tend to work <laughs> you know? we get on well Sarah but we, <laughs> we, no, we work we, yeah no I think we, we work well because there's that similarity there it's just this is the deal This is, and to be honest Peter an awful lot that we deal with is just shit you know people have had this isn't just they're struggling with their mental health. It's been generational. So it's not just like, oh, it's like generational unemployment. You've got generational mental health that now COVID has highlighted further. And I mean, there's not one person that can say they haven't been affected. Their mental health hasn't been affected in the last year. And if they do, then they're lying. I don't care, you know? And if that means that people have upped what they do or been aware of what they're eating more or done something else, you know, I like to me, that's where that's where everything gets a bit messy you know I don't know uh, and there isn't a quick fix for it either but I think that on every agenda now is mental health mental health mental health but there's an awful lot of people still doing nothing but saying isn't it terrible and that's yeah. where we get the tilty head again you know just, oh god I just want to ask you there Sarah about uh, you know you're saying mental health is, is generational I presume you're in a position where I know this sounds shocking and I've heard from other people as well in different kind of areas and in the public, but they can nearly tell who will present in a number of years with issues or they'll be told by the parents, this is what you do. You know, you uh, when you turn 18, you have to look for a council house. You don't look for yeah. a job, you look for a council house. Yeah. You're entitled to this. You need yeah. to go get this and they have to give you this. You know, the self-entitlement when yeah. people have done nothing, you know, and yeah, but it's no. kind of been passed on from family to family going, you know, you have to do that and you have to go and, you know, not go get a job, not look after yourself. It's go and tell them what they have to give you for free. Yeah. That must be no. very difficult to work with. Oh, it is. It's, it is hard work. Um, it is hard work. Now, you do find, you find the good little gems in there, but it mm. takes digging out through some shit. Oh, man. I mean, I've had two schemes. I've, I've had workers here and I've sent them home. And like, I had, a, I had a lad who was 31 years of age and his two scheme job here was his first job because he immediately signed on. He d- and he was basically caught out that he had to do this. I'm just going to say he had to tick yeah, a box. Caught out, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to, to get his money. He, yeah. yeah. And then he did, I actually, I had to sack him in the, yeah, he was actually, he was a danger to the centre, to be honest. He had been trained in by somebody who had worked in the centre before, another scheme, for where the blind spots on the cameras were so that he could hide. Now, this is a 31-year-old, a 31-year-old yeah. man. Now, not like, to be honest with you, if my, if my 20-year-old daughter did that, you give her a clip around the ear and go, get a grip, get a job yeah, yeah. and get on with it, yeah. you know? But uh, there is that, that entitlement piece is huge. What I have found is that people who have appeared at the centre with the entitled to counselling mm. tend to be the ones with the agenda for that it's going to speed up me getting the house, it's going to speed up that court case. I want to make sure I have to see a counsellor so I make my ex look really bad. 
you know so you do get that but you do you get a good feel on people now i know that there would have been somebody i can actually think of somebody that i would have sent to alan um through a different uh through a group that we were we were working on there was um there was a there was a a group going on in the center and somebody came and said need counseling need counseling i didn't believe that they did and in time alan came back and went they're just playing this and Alan knows you, you once you go to a counsellor, they will know whether you're scripted. Like, I know that people are saying, well, they've gone to counselling through Zoom. I think Zoom's a disaster for counselling because realistically, I'm sat here. I've got my nice blouse on. You know, I'm being all nice and respectable. I know what way to play this. When you're in a room with somebody, you won't. But I remember okay. that person at the time, I remember Alan come back to me and go, he's playing this. You know, and that to me was what I went. That's where that entitlement piece kicks in. It'll look good if I'm able to say I'm doing this. Then yeah. there's the other people, and it would they break your heart, Peter? And they really would. We have some cases, and we have some people coming in, and they are the loveliest of loveliest of people. We had our launch of Dawn Walk, and we were able to get voice clips from people. See, I'm always scared on success stories from counselling because you think does that tip somebody then over the edge that they have to come out fixed to me if they they don't have to be fixed just if they can be that little bit better and happier in their own skin then that's a good gig you know but some of the voice clips that we got were brilliant and if anything were nearly upsetting but they reinforced that actually do you know what we're doing the right thing and we're helping the right people you know, but it does make it hard because sometimes you have to go, don't care. You're not entitled to fuck all of me. You know, you earn it, you know, earn, earn it. Yeah. And uh, I will bend over backwards. I have families that I'm working with now for a number of years. They've got more issues than Vogue, you know, but the bottom line is they're good people. They're doing their best. They may have issues with their older children, but if you can see a two and a four year old and you think, we're not going to walk away because they haven't done great with their other kids. Give the two and the four-year-old a fighting chance. And to me, that's why I still come back. You know, that's why I stay where I'm doing. And that's why we stayed open um, all of, uh, we stayed open all of lockdown because there's families that if I walk away, there was agencies that weren't coming out of their offices, but there's families that if I walk away from, there was nobody else to give them a dig out. And that's not Sarah the martyr. That's just the truth. Yeah, you know, and I see better knowing that. Nobody teaches you how to do that. When you go into that job, nobody sits you down and go, right, Sarah, you have to do 50 million jobs. Yeah. This is going to happen. You know what I mean? So you have to develop yeah. that role yourself. Yeah. Um, I suppose over time, I suppose I've worked in community and youth work. So you know to adapt. I also know as well that the key thing as well is to have a plan A. Plan A is the best intention. This is what you're going to do. But on a daily basis here, anything could happen. So I could have somebody present, I could have, I could have any situation, I could have a child appear, you know, you wouldn't know what's, what's going to happen. Um, and I suppose we were, we've been understaffed and we were underfunded here for a huge period of time. So my take on it was that we only received uh, TUSLA funding in July 18. I started in July 13. So over those five years, I had to cut my cloth. So I had to keep coming up with ideas. I had to keep coming up with different programs. I had to keep the rooms filled so that I'd a wage. Now that makes you think differently about what you do than if you go into a mainstream 
let's say, specific management tool, and I don't even mean just TUSLA because I'm TUSLA funded, but I would say my heart is I'm Chuck Dara's manager because that that's my priority was to keep this centre alive, to keep people coming in. So I was willing to turn my hat you know what I mean? Turn my hand to different things because I will give it a shot. You know, now I would have trained like my my background is ridiculous. If you look at my CV, you go, what the fuck was she thinking at all? So I would have trained. I would have uh, I went and did animation, fine art. You know, then I went and had a truckload of kids. Then I went back to college and did youth work. You know? Truckload. That's, that's the technical term. Isn't it? <laughs> it <feels> like, <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's the technical term, Alan. <laughs> but I did. I had. I had a lot of kids. I had a lot of kids, sort of back to back, you know. And and then I went back into training, you know. So to me, it was an opportunity to be doing something. Like I went into youth work, into community, and the thing with that work is that usually you've got some very good volunteers. I went in in a voluntary capacity, and then went and got trained in it, and then sort of, oh, geez, they're going to pay me for this. I was doing it mm. anyway. You know, so that made it that, that transition a bit easier. Now, I did have to up my game to the centre because the bottom line was if here wasn't busy, if I was leaving it with, you know what I mean, and I, you had a bit of straw rolling by the window, you know, there, uh, there, there wasn't a guaranteed wage for me. True, and yeah, I yeah. think that's that's where I've always adapted because, OK, we'll do that. We can bring more money in. We'll get Mojo in. That'll be a program that we'll be able to get maybe some rental in. And that, they were my my priority. So I do think that if you now, that's nothing to say. I uh, give us a job with a huge wage. Happy days, you know. And I could. I and there are people that are on very substantial wages. And I'm not poor mouth. And oh God, poor Sarah. I've worked hard, you know. Mm-hmm. I have worked hard. I've now got a safe funded role which is huge but I think that if I hadn't done the numbers of years when it wasn't safe I wouldn't have the the actual passion to be willing to do all those things there's a number of people in exactly the same role as me and sweet baby Jesus they won't do what I do and they won't you know you Mm. won't get them past five o'clock you won't get them you know they wouldn't do I would do weekends that we may get somebody who will be on saying, would you be able to collect? I've got trays of stuff for food bank or I've got something. And I go, Saturday, I'll drive across, drop it into the centre, I'll do something else. Or like I'm back doing my master's at the minute and I'm like, I'll slot that in, I'll come across, I'll do a couple of hours um, here on a Saturday. It'll be quiet here. I'll finish the rest of my assignment. So Mm. I've got better at managing my time, but definitely the couple of years um, where nothing was, was safe, gave me the grounding to keep being willing to do different things. I don't know if it kind of answers you, (laughs) you know, but it does. It means you're willing to, I'm willing to adapt. There is a day I could be in here bagging up. I've got activity packs there to give out to families. So I'll be bagging them up this afternoon. I'll be collecting. I have an AGM tonight. I'll be collecting food bank food at nine o'clock, you know, and that's, Mm. that's just, that's just the way it works, but it works because we're helping people. You know, mm. and that's where and and genuine people as well. Now, during COVID, I know Alan was asking on that one. During COVID, it has given me the flexibility to go, fuck off. You don't need this help, you know, because people will line up. Our food bank, our food bank went from 10 people a week to 59 a week. 
you know. But then we had the opportunists that were coming on the buses because they'd heard food bank was on a Friday. So we had we had these picnickers, I called them, the food bank picnickers. But what they would do is they would say, oh, nice is Monday for food bank. On a Wednesday, I go to Newbridge. On a Friday now, I come to you. And I went, no way. So do you, you people do, do like a tour just to get free food? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they would do that. They were on the green bus or whatever bus was running and you could tell exactly the time because they'd all appear together and they were, so I ran them. Now, the thing was that people were going, but there are people in need. And I go, yeah, but there's chancers. And I have, mm. I have people, to be honest with you, Peter, I have people that still to this day, I appear at their house with bags of stuff and go, oh, we just had extra left. Or yeah, yeah. Um, your neighbor, we were, we were doing a competition in the center. Your neighbor nominated you. For, oh, right. um, for Very and good, that's yeah. that's a way because usually then they'll have a chat and then you might sort of go how are things going bit shit look how about I link in with you I might have more stuff next week Brilliant. and that's yeah. that's the way yeah, it works yeah. you know and particularly with COVID um, it's it brought out some fabulousness in people and it mm. brought out some damn right greed in others you know yeah. what am I going to get now deadly I'm sorted. Sarah's going to do this, 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 you know? So um, COVID has, it's, well, it's changed the way we work more because we're not all in here at the same time, you know? Mm. And it, you do miss that. Now I've, I have like, so Jer who works with me in the center is brilliant. I wouldn't be able to do what I do without him. He's nearly like, he's my security guard come sidekick on this one. Jer, give us a dig out with that, you know? But um but the definitely the likes of the food bank and the counselling pieces were the two big escalations because we didn't have the traffic. We haven't had the footfall of people in. I'm doing a lot more work and visiting houses and talking in gardens and and doing that side of things. Yeah. I mean, ideally, I'd like everybody, and I, I know Alan was on my list, uh, that we were able to get the sort of, <laughs> when Alan's half vaccinated now, I don't know what's going to happen now. When your leg falls off, Alan, I'm really sorry, but I did my best. <laughs> but uh, because Alan would be, would be one of our, would have my, I, like the centre was contacted under at the HSE as an essential service. So Alan and a number of the councillors in the centre were able to get the were able to get vaccinated at the time. So to me, those are my priority is get as many people as safe as we can so that we can continue to look after the others. Mm. One of the parts it, of keeping keeping people safe, Sarah, is, is dawn walks. Do you want to tell people what that involves? And yeah, the uh, dawn walk would would have been an event. We started in 2017, and it would be an annual event on the last Saturday in April. And it is a thoughtful, uh, a mindful 5k. And we would have started it from Kildare Village and around on the loop, and then finished at the square. We had the likes of the Silken and all local businesses on board. And the Silken actually provided breakfast rolls and tea and coffee and stuff in the in the centre of the square. It's a fabulous day, a fabulous morning, I have to say now, even though the early start. But what has happened now with COVID means that 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 the monies that we raise for Dawn Walk is for that crisis counselling, that free counselling. So you ring me tomorrow, Peter, and go, I need to see somebody. And you will be seen immediately and you'll be seen between four and six sessions. And then we would then see how you're doing or whatever. Now, in Alan's case, with some of the people he'd see for me, he might come back and go, needs way more than six. And I go, 
go with six, come back to me. We'll see what we can do or see if somebody's in a position to contribute a bit and we stretch out our pot. So basically we have to create this pot. The first year and the second year that we did it, we did it in conjunction with Pieta House. Now Pieta House do phenomenal work, but Pieta House also um, do phenomenal work in their area. So somebody rings Pieta House from Kildare, they have to make it to their premises. So they may have to make it to Lucan or to uh, to Ballyfermot or to wherever the main place is. And that was a challenge for us. So the first walk that we did, we raised over 10,000 and we gave uh, we gave half of that to Pieta House. And um, what we found was that when we spoke with them, they were saying, I said, can this be then ring fence for Kildare people? And unfortunately, that wasn't possible. It would have to go into a, to a bigger pot in Pieta yeah. House, which is huge. In fairness to the guy who came down, lovely man, ridiculously tall, I remember, but lovely guy. But uh, when he came down, he was expecting a check for maybe a hundred, maybe thinking he was, he was thinking I'm coming down to get a check. He didn't expect the response that we got, but what we made became very aware was the fact that that money going into a pot that may be swallowed up or stuff that we wanted to be able to stand. And I stand 100% over this, that hundred percent of the money's raised goes directly to counseling here in the center. So that money is going, you're, if, if two people register, two adults register for Dawn Walk, that's an hour counselling for somebody. And that's the way I count heads for this. So basically, there's a Dawn Walk virtual week. So what we are doing this year is, because we have to go virtual, we've no choice. Um, what we are doing is we have a virtual 5K. We have a fabulous, I mean, you've got a really cool medal. See, I'm a runner, I love medals. I'm easily amused. <laughs> <laughs> I was easily pleased. You could tell I got none when I was a kid because I was crap. But now they give you I'm an easy game on this but basically it's a virtual 5k uh, now this can be done in line with COVID because it's virtual it can be done from your home so you leave your house and you do a 5k with your mm. family or friends the key thing that we do is that it is called Don Wall Kildare and it was when we do it from uh, from the village we do it uh, it is a walk so we don't encourage people to run this year we've done sort of a run because we may we hope to get people from the running community to to give a dig out with that with that 5k because there are ver- there's an awful lot of virtual races but pe- I I mean to me I love getting stuff in the post now I even a bill I'm nearly delighted that somebody's <laughs> sent me something <laughs> Here I, I can send you a few if you want there you know yourself between Robert my DVD driver and my fast way man I mean other than that we don't have much chats the in fucking my DVD <laughs> first name basis huh? that's fucking <laughs> that's, it sends me a nice text Robert does you know Robert will be dropping between 13 20 and 14 20 you know thank you Robert you know but <laughs> but the thing will be that there'll be the, the medal will be posted out children can register as well so I would like as many families as possible um, to do it it's it's 10 euros for a child or a student and then it's it's 20 for the adult the thing that I'm passionate about is the fact that I can show you the books I can show you the figures there's no admin, there's no nothing on this. This Mm -hmm. is, let's help people, you know? And the more people that register, the more people that register, the more people that I can say, right, that's 20 hours of counselling we've got. That's whatever. And that's that's kind of thing. I mean, my take on it is, that 24th of April is um, is the date for this. We're doing it for a week. So it's not that you have to go out and run on the 24th. You can do it during that week and okay. you submit your time. We will have spot prizes and stuff as well. I've got a couple of the running communities and different groups that have come on board and I'm hoping local businesses will chuck in a, um, will chuck in some prizes as well. Um, 
But to me, I suppose it's about being mindful of people that have lost the battle as well um, to suicide. And I mean, there was there was a suicide even this month um, in Kildare Town, a young man. So to me, it's it's never too far from your door. And I think mm-hmm. that um, because um, it's like I said, on every bit of news, on every bit of things, they're talking about mental health, this, mental health, that, mental health, the other. But I still don't know if people are actually getting it, you know. And mm-hmm. this don't walk to me is a reason to get it because. Because I know that I'm just, I, I'll beat a drum, I'll wreck people's head about it, but it's with good reason. And the 24th of April, uh, 17, which is when we did our, our first walk, um, I would have lost one of my best friends to suicide. So to me, it's like, so to me, 24th, now I've been sick a couple of weeks, but to me, 24th of April, I'm going out at dawn and um, we're hoping to go live on the Facebook page, but I'm going out at dawn and I'm going to run for him. You know, so I'm hoping to do a marathon on the day because I'd hope to mark his anniversary. But to me, I don't think there's anybody one way or another, even if it's only a neighbor or a cousin or something. But there's nobody that hasn't got some story of somebody that has lost the battle. And to mm, me, he right. was a fabulous guy. He actually, he did all my tattoos. So to me, I kind of carry him with me, you know, that way. So it's a kind of a nice way to look at it. But um, but to an awful lot of families, to an awful lot of families, I mean, it's not an easy time. And then if you consider, you add your lockdown, you add everything else that's going on, particularly as well, even the over 70s, they've gone from, oh, aren't you doing great at stay in your house? It's dangerous out there. There's a virus, you know? Yeah. So the mental health of the older age group as well is, yeah. is a bit scary for me. And that's actually what my thesis is on for my um, for my master's is going to be on the social needs of the over 70s because everything's changed. You know, even me helping people today to register, uh, to register for the vaccine will mean I may be able to say, look, how about we, I talk you through how to do Zoom and you can join the grandparents group online on, you know, so yeah, good point. I, I tend to always have a carrot somewhere that I'll dangle to try and get people in and to get them to buy into stuff. But to me, Dawn Walk is about, is about getting out during that week uh, for people that you've lost and, and minding yourself. And then also as well, it's advertising the fact that if people are really in trouble, then they can they can contact the centre. Like Gail Doyle, who I think, Alan, you'd know Gail. I don't know if Peter would know. But Gail is a child, a child art psychotherapist, right? Uh, now she's brilliant. But she had put a post up yesterday and said, it's only half nine and already I've contacted 10 people to say I can't help them. Wow. You know, and she's on 30 to 40 people a week is her call. Now, I commented, she had the post up and I commented and I said, if there's any of those that we may be able to help through Dawn Walk, even to cushion a gap. And her concern was more, I've nowhere else to send them, Sarah. Mm. You know, and that's that's the that's the problem now is that nothing's going to get any better. And once the banks as well decide to start going, OK, when can we start chasing our money again? You know, yeah. then the wheels are going to fall off a lot more people. And the more money that we you can raise through Don't Walk means that every phone call, at the moment, I stand over every phone call or query we get, we support. 
100% we fix it. If there's somebody and we go, well, actually, you probably would be better off talking to and we, we, can, we can help them to somebody else. But anybody crisis, we'll see, Alan saw somebody for me even yesterday. You know, so I, anybody that we've come in that may contact, we're able to help. And that's why we need that kitty. I mean, I'd love to see specific funding for this. We, I, I sort of, I grab bits when I can. Um, but the, I suppose the hard bit with that is that you may have as much paperwork to look for a hundred grand as you do to look for three. So it, okay. that, that can be hard going. That can be hard going from a paper trail perspective. But I also know, and um, Alan would have, has a snippet that I have of a video from him that we put up on our Facebook page. And the one thing that Alan does say, and it, it is the truth, is that people are alive that Alan has dealt with through Don Walk and they're still here today because we do what we do. So mm. that's why I'll that's why I'll torment people and that's why people are in their face to and torment, be on Facebook. To torment people virtually, Sarah, how can people contribute? How can people help out? Yeah. Um if you go well if you go onto our Facebook page or even after this, I'll give you the link that we'll be able to put up maybe yep, with the we'll podcast. Share it, yep. But yeah, if you go on to just runs events Dot com, which is one of the running platforms. Um, there's a, a link there that you'll hit on and then you can, you can register for uh, Dawn Walk. So it's justrunsevents.com and uh, there'll be a link there for Dawn Walk and you can register and you can also register and then we can, you can donate as well. So if you don't want a medal, you can still, you just register and then uh, we still have an option for, for people to donate. It's going well, it's picking up, but to me, like we've had 400 walkers before. I'd really, really love to get it up there at the moment. I think we're on about 120 registered. So we've now, there is always Kildare Town is last minute.com is yeah, effect, thing, yeah. you know, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I can push it. So getting this bit of information out for your, plus as well, it's virtual. So to me, if you want to, if you want to know that you're giving your 20 euros, you're going to get a nice medal in the post. Uh, you're going to do a 5k anyway, even if it's walking. Um, that you're going to do a 5k anyway, but that you know that that 20 is going directly to help somebody. Then, to me, that's why I'd love to see. I've got somebody registered. I think I've somebody registered from Australia and from America at the moment. I'd love to have a load of people from different areas registered. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah so for anyone in the world, know that you're you're helping someone somewhere. <laughs> You know, someone is being helped by what you do. Now, that was Straight Talking Community. And we were joined by Sarah Shakespeare from Chalk Dara. So it was fantastic talking to Sarah there. And I will get her inspirational quote now in a sec. But uh, before we do that, actually, there's a few changes happening on the podcast very, very soon. Mm. And uh, the few changes are, well, I'm going to take a bit of a step back because I'm very, very lazy. And that's pretty much it. I know. Um, <laughs> All right. Straight talking. <laughs> um, no. So basically what we're doing is we're, go- we're going to have a few changes on the podcast. So very soon uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll have a different presenter. We're going to have Michelle joining us, Alan. Yeah. Michelle from uh, Vetspace Ireland. She was on and Work Life. And One of the earlier episodes, I anxiety and yeah the kind of bullying that she had within her in, in former workplace so michelle's going to step in for a couple of weeks while, while you step out for a few weeks and uh, mm. so we can keep it going weekly we know we know the impact that the podcast has we know from the feedback we know people love it we know people use it for information and we know people use it as an escape um so we want to try and keep that keep that going as much as possible yeah well look with me genuinely my workload has increased my time has decreased so you know the podcast is what it is it's um it's a bit of fun 
But a lot of time goes into doing a podcast. Yeah. Time I don't have, unfortunately. But, you know, I'm still going to pop up every now and again and try and uh, talk more shite. But, um, you know, in the meantime, I just kind of have to step back and go, right, other things have to be prioritized. And, but again, you know, I, I, I feel a bit of guilt in a way because, you know, so, so many people have got in touch and they love it and they listen to us on a regular basis. And, you know, I feel like, ah, I'm a duty now. You know, we need mm. to keep this going. Now, look, we don't get paid for this. We're not funded to do this. We're not sponsored to do this or anything like that. We do it because we love doing it. And we do it because of the great feedback we get from people. And we've helped people. You know, one of the things I'll always take away from this is um, the guy who got in touch to say, you saved my life by listening yeah. to you. And that was just, that was incredible. And, you know, you, you kind of mull over them situations and you go, you know, well, look, them people need us. You know, we're not superheroes by any means, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some people listen to us and they, uh, they get a bit of knowledge and uh, it changes the way they're, they're thinking. It changes their perspective. You know, you pointed out before, Alan, the, um, the girl who got in touch and said she had a completely different way of thinking Interacting about her, her ex-partner. Out of her kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, uh, it's great to be able to help people in that sense. And that's why I don't want to see this podcast finish. But my role just has to diminish a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and in doing that, Michelle is coming on board. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We've, we were, we're talking about one or two other gone. things as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep it going. Stuck listening to me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so That's what people want. People place. want a professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we'll, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it ticking over. And, uh, again, you know, weeks, yeah. Exactly, yeah. No, not just yet. Um, you know, anybody who wants to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Hello at stmhpodcast.com. That's the email address. And uh, you get us on all the social media channels, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we'd love to hear your story, of course. And uh, as well as that, big shout out to Fiona Bryan for the podcast music. Cool little piece at the start. Cool little piece at the end. He's a professional producer. He knows what he's doing. If you want to hear more from Fiona, you can get him on FOB Beats on Facebook. And as well, big shout out to Aideen from digitaldesignlab.ie for all the graphics and the social media stuff. She makes us look really, really snazzy. And last word with Sarah, an inspirational or non-inspirational quote. I suppose my queen one is, well, I, have two, I have two that I live by. One is, it's a lot easier to look for forgiveness than permission. And that's got me through an awful lot of stuff here with a view of, oh, I didn't realize we couldn't, but look, I've tried it anyway. And the other one is, if you can't convince them, confuse them. <laughs> they work for me. <laughs> that last one confuses me. <laughs> Job done. <laughs> Job done. I rest easy. <laughs> Mental Mental health. Street talk. Mental health. Street talk. Mental health.